Hello, this is Mike Burek, your host and the producer of Made in Ukraine Tech Startup Edition, a monthly podcast series about Ukrainian tech startups and IT companies and their efforts to go global. Today is Friday, July 27th, 2018. And in this episode, we have as our guest, Dmitry Gilgour, who is director of Vimes in London, which is a boutique consultancy focused on Eastern Europe and the areas of fundraising, private equity, and venture capital. Welcome, Dimitri. How are you? Hi, Mike. Uh, I'm great. Thank you for having me. So I'm very curious about your consultancy. Well, but before we get into that, I'd like to get some background about you, your professional background and also your educational background. Okay, well, let me run through through this, probably not the most exciting part, uh, very quickly. <laughs> so I, uh, I came over to UK from Kiev, Ukraine, when I was 14. Um, I studied um, in Manchester in high school, in Manchester Jewish grammar, and uh, then I went on to uh, do my um, undergrad and master's in Manchester University kind of in, conjunct, in conjunction with uh, Manchester uh, Business School. Um, I then worked uh, for uh, seven years uh, to Bloomberg, um, the London office. I uh, did analytics, I did uh, data sales, and um, kind of Bloomberg doesn't have a really well-defined role, but essentially I worked with uh, a large client in Europe, US, and Eastern Europe. And uh, after I was finished with Bloomberg, I uh, founded Vimes, uh, Vimes VC. That's very, very brief summary of, of how, how I got here. And when did you found Vimes VC? So as soon as I finished Bloomberg, I did a short stint in uh, South America. Um, I did a, a bit of uh, teaching uh, in Peru. And after I came back uh, from that uh, Amazing trip! I found at Vimes VC. And so what that, year? That and what old, year was that, Dimitri? So that was uh, almost to date six years ago. Why did you found your consultancy? So um, you have to you have to remember that uh, this was prior to Maidan and all of the all of the uh, tumultuous events uh, that took place. Um, at that point, I saw um, I saw Ukraine as being this amazing opportunity, this this uh, country in the middle of Europe that nobody talked about, and I, um, quite selfishly, I saw an opportunity uh, to step in um, as a consultancy that would help. Um, I started off with British firms, and and then expanded to Europe to to f essentially to figure out what to do with Ukraine and what opportunities the country may offer. And, and as you mentioned at the beginning, primarily in uh, private equity and then moving on into the VC side of things. Um, so that's, that's how I started. Um, I started myself as a sole consultant and um, six years on, we are now um, having two offices, uh, one in, um, uh, in Ukraine uh, where we have around uh, nine, ten people right now, we are expanding, and uh, three people in London. So in terms of the venture capital aspect of your firm, are there specific vertical market segments or technologies that you look at when you're considering investing venture capital? 
Well, that's a great question, and that's something that we pondered for a while. Um, being in London, um, the fintech is the one that comes into mind immediately. Um, however, we um, we have discovered a couple of niches where I believe we have a certain expertise. Uh, so the first that, that we are focused on is quite obviously is Ukraine. Uh, this is where it all started, and we work uh, with Ukrainian companies now. The Ukrainian market itself, it kind of defines um, what you do. So quite naturally, we work with early stage stuff um, because the market itself is quite young. And uh, there is um, a lot of uh, talent when it comes into the blockchain, into the Internet of Things, and um, into oh, there, there seems to be a new term that comes out um, every day, and, and the term that I like is deep tech. Um, it's uh, essentially translating uh, the skills that Ukrainian firms have gained from their outsourcing activities into their own uh, ventures. Uh, but it primarily, all of it by European standards and certainly by US standards, is pretty um, early stage stuff. And when you invest in these Ukrainian companies, what is the typical amount of the investment? Um, it's quite low, so it's interesting. Um, I recently, when talking to um, UK-based uh, partners and clients and founders and startups and Ukrainian ones, I realized that um, when we talk, the terms that we take for granted, seed and pre-seed um, and, and Series A, etc., etc., have quite different meanings when you, when you talk in Ukraine and we, when you, um, say, talk to a typical UK-based firm. Um, so we deal very typical investment will be between 50 and 100k um, in pounds um, and uh, and these you know, by Ukrainian standards this would be uh, pre-seed um, even seed uh, type of investment and I understand that you've had going on for two years now or more an event an annual event called the British Ukrainian IT and Tech Roadshow Yes, uh, yes, we had. Uh, so that, uh, as, as many, um, well, great, even if I say so myself, things uh, came about quite accidentally. Um, so as you mentioned at the beginning, aside from the investment um, arm, we do a lot of consultancy. Um, and that, to be perfectly honest, probably um, 60 to 70% of our operational activity that lies in that field. And in simple terms, uh, we have, um, European-based VCs that uh, are curious about UK, uh, Ukraine, uh, I beg your pardon, uh, but they are not curious enough uh, in order to, to delegate their own resources, or they come to us to help them out with deal sourcing, with looking into a particular sector, or kind of a generally with a question, um, you know, hey guys, what is it that's that happening in Ukraine? We've heard about this country, but what goes on? So about two years ago, I found it simpler to get a few of them in a room and introduce a couple of startups via, uh, via a Skype call. Um, and this is literally five guys, uh, uh, some of our clients. And uh, this format proved to be quite a useful one. And we, uh, we had seen quite a bit of demand from both sides, from Ukraine and from UK. Um, so we have expanded and for the past uh, year and a half, two years, we've been physically um, inviting all the Ukrainian startups who had then a chance to pitch uh, their company in front of the European-based VCs. Um, so the latest event has taken place in 
uh, actually a few weeks back um, in uh, in July, and we had um, around uh, 70 people attending with five Ukrainian startups flying over, not a mean feat as these things tend to be. Um, the evening of the event that was pre-planned months in ahead coincided with the World Cup with England playing. Um, so that was that was um, you know a curveball, as I believe they say in US. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, we had we had quite a bit of turn up, and um, now right now we we have a tremendous amount of feedback, very positive feedback um, from the VCs who attended the event, and they're actually working with some of the startups, hopefully. Um, on the future deals. And is this event done in conjunction with the organization Techstars? Yes. Um, so the latest event, um, um, ironically, um, we um, we approached Techstars a while back, and this, as these things tend to, to be, um, they express their interest, um, but uh, we spoke to somebody who spoke to somebody, and um, it all kind of started to drag out. And then we met Eamon um, uh, Carey, uh, who is the director of Techstars in London, uh, four places in Kiev. So he was attending Kiev looking for the future crop of Ukrainian startups. And actually two of them just started in Techstars a couple of weeks back. And we met, we met uh, Eamon um, in Kiev. We uh, introduced the concept and he jumped on board and this event was done with Techstars London and also supported uh, by uh, Barclays um, Accelerator. So yeah, I want to thank those guys, they helped us. Uh, they helped us a lot and we're looking forward to, to working with them in the future. So what kind of criteria do you have for the startups that you choose? And first of all, how many applicants did you have for this year's event? So this is a fascinating question. Um, I, I need to digress a little bit. Um, Ukraine has a lot and a lot of uh, startup related events. So seemingly there is a huge number of companies that uh, um, that could potentially take part in this sort of event. However, after the two years of, of running um, of running the roadshow, we came with one surefire criteria that trumps everything else. If the startup generates cash, essentially if the startup has sales. And um, we started all with a number of criteria. We had, um, uh, we had uh, uh, size of the company, we had the volume of the investment required, and essentially we discarded all of it. So we had one criteria, have you had any sales? And then we had a minimum uh, volume of sales, which we set about um, 100k plus per year. And have you had any 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 sales in the past six months that would uh, extrapolate, uh, roughly speaking, to this amount and above? Um, we had about uh, seventy applicants, and we chose five uh, out of them. And uh, once again, I can't stress how important this criteria is because um, over the past year um, and a half, when we we had the chance to meet so many Ukrainian startups, and to be perfectly honest, a lot of them, when when they faced their first uh, European-based VCs, they they welted. You know, they, they 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 couldn't handle the pressure. And the main reason, which which we felt, was that 
they were not battle tested by the market, by the sales. So that was our, to be perfectly honest, that was our primary criteria. We had a couple of others, um, i.e. The, co the company has to have an international appeal. So if you are a Ukraine or even Eastern Europe focused startup only, um, that's a no-go. Um, we also did our uh, KYC to make sure that uh, there are no uh, persons with questionable reputation in management. Uh, but that's pretty much it. In terms of the startups who came this year, can you kind of give our audience sort of the range of uh, industries or technologies that they represented? Sure. Um, so if we go into the underlying technology, uh, blockchain um, probably is not going to be a massive surprise, but blockchain is a big one. It's the one that in one shape or another probably was underlying most of the startups that took part and more so most of the startups that applied. Um, for some of them it was more prominent, for others it was just a part of the overall solution, but uh, blockchain would be one common thread. Um, in, terms of, in terms of the types of startups that we had, so um, we, we covered a number of sectors. Uh, we had education, we had payment systems, uh, which was particularly uh, useful as uh, we had quite a few VCs from that space, uh, this, this event taking place in London. Uh, one of the startups that uh, particularly caught the imagination of the people attending um, is uh, um, wireless charging of electronic devices over distance, uh, which uh, as probably everyone who is listening to this podcast knows that uh, you know, in this world where we all have mobile devices, the first thing that we do when we arrive somewhere is looking at a socket to, to charge up. And um, so I'm personally very excited about that uh, that startup. And we had a tremendous um, number of, of, of uh, potential partners and investors. Um, we also had a startup that, um, and that's actually... Uh, was also quite a prominent theme, startups to do with data, with personal data and um, all sorts of databases. One startup that probably stood out the most was Technovator, as I mentioned, the wireless charging of um, your mobile devices. Um, we also had a couple of startups to do with uh, databases, again, something that I mentioned um, um, already. Uh, one of them was uh, aimed at creating a, a worldwide a pet monitoring database, so uh, something that was a surprise for me. There is not something like that in place, but if you are traveling with your pet around Europe and you lose it, say, in a different country, there is no way to track it at the moment. Um, so these guys are working on creating a worldwide database, so no matter in which country you are, you can be assured that if somebody finds your pet, it can be tracked uh, back. Uh, we also had a, a startup, which is uh, quite an interesting one, where which links education and uh, performance. Um, uh, so let's uh, the, the particular example that why they were giving, the founders were giving, was poker. So they would teach people to play poker, and then um, the winnings that would be gained uh, from their students would return back. Uh, to the platform, something that I was a little bit skeptical about at first, but they generate one million in revenue already, being based out of Ukraine, so that uh, that did wonder, wonders for my 
skepticism. So as you see, um, it seems like a wide range of subjects, but there are a couple of common themes. Uh, first, as I mentioned, all of them are revenue generating. All of them had founders that solely focused on these uh, on these projects and nothing else. Uh, all of them had a professional management team, um, and all of them had uh, worldwide ambitions. Um, something that is probably taken for granted by startups, let's say in US or in Europe, uh, but uh, too many of startups in Ukraine still have this kind of local mentality and so this is what makes these particular guys exceptional and an amazing fit for the, for the roadshow. Dimitri, we're almost out of time, but I wanted to ask you one final question and trying to look at the bigger picture. What is the attitude of investors and the VC community towards investing in Ukraine tech startups? Um, they are open. They are very open, they are very enthusiastic about it. Um, VCs in Europe are sitting on the pile of money and they are, everybody is looking for the next big thing. And nobody wants to pay you uh, or overpay you for the next big thing. And uh, Ukraine in these, in, in these and many other ways opens up this deal flow, this fresh deal flow which was previously unavailable. The downside is they're excited, but they're not that excited to do the legwork themselves. Uh, so it's up to Ukrainian startups to uh, to show themselves, uh, to put their best foot forward, and to make an an effort. And critically, not a one-off effort, not a single roadshow or event. They have to do they have to do the job themselves on an ongoing basis. Dimitri, thank you so much. We're completely out of time. If anyone in the audience wants to find out more about Vimes Consulting, where can they go? Well, uh, please visit our website. Um, that's vimesvc.com uh, or feel free to drop us a line. That's info at vimesvc.com. Great. Thank you. I've been speaking today with Dimitri Gilgour, who is director and founder of Vimes VC a boutique consultancy based in London in Kyiv, which is focused on fundraising, private equity, and venture capital. This is Mike Burek, your host and the producer of Made in Ukraine Tech Startup Edition, a monthly podcast series on Ukrainian tech and IT companies and their efforts to go global. And until next time, that's all for now.